Back from a brief hiatus, I've got my Tim Hortons coffee in my hand. I've got my friend on the line. I'm feeling fine. I'm ready to go. I'm finally reunited with the one and only Alice and Aletha. Al, how you doing? You did a great job hosting. Uh, I guess that Zelda location. I think that turned out great, and I'm happy to be here with you. Yes, I'm. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, am a little tired, but I'm having a good weekend, a good productive weekend. And yeah, that episode was a lot of fun. Shout out to Lulu and Judy for helping me with that. They were so fun to play with, and I look forward to having them on the show again. But I would like to hear how you're doing and how everything went in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so everything was was great. Uh, actually, before before I tell you about that. Uh, I was I was screaming I was screaming oh, no. at my phone when when you guys couldn't get Tingle at uh, the Rupee Tower. Yeah, I was like I was like, come on, you gotta you gotta know your player because Judy is one of the only people I think that has played Tingle's Rosie Rupee line other than me and soon to be other than you as a matter of fact. Yeah, so I was thinking uh, which is that. exciting. I was thinking that while we were playing, I was like, dang it, I know I have. Uh, Tingle's Rosie Rubulian coming to me soon because at the time of the recording I didn't have it but I do now it's in my possession I've turned it on for a hot second I haven't played yet but we'll get there well we'll get there did you enjoy the card I sent you yes I did it's got the <laughs> tingle on it and I think I believe it says welcome to my world <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's that's coming up in the in the future we'll we'll dive back into uh the wacky world of Tingle's Rosie Rupee Land. But, um, yeah, so the last couple weeks were definitely a whirlwind. Uh, I got married, which was awesome. And uh, it's fine. It's it's really nice to just, like, have that over and done with. I mean, obviously, it was nice to get married. But it's just it's nice to have that weight off of uh, my shoulders and my wife's shoulders. So that was uh, that was pretty exciting. And it was, it was pretty awesome. And it was a fun time. Um, no, too much detail here because there's so much to get into, so much to unpack. We, we had a COVID wedding, uh, so like it, it took a long time to get here. It was a delayed wedding. So, uh, the destination was sweet once we finally, you know, arrived at the destination. But yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. And, uh, it, I was telling you, this is the longest. So I started the champions cast almost four years ago now, and this was the longest break I've had from podcasting in that time. And it was, Really, it was only two weeks, but I I took three weeks off from the Metroid show. I took um, a, a month off from virtual theater, so it's it, it was kind of weird, but it was also kind of nice, you know. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you just gotta recharge and then get back into it. Well, so I I have a few I do have a few stories that I will share. Um, speaking of recharging, so since my my best man at my wedding. He lives in Ottawa, which is like on the East Coast, right? So that it's about like six hours flight away. Maybe less than that. I don't know. My my other groomsman lives in Kelowna, which is about seven hours drive from Calgary. And my third groomsman 
just had his fourth child about two months ago. So my, all of my groomsmen were like either not here or they might as well have not been here. So I was like, you know what? I, I don't think that we're going to be doing a bachelor party because, uh, it, you know, no, nobody's here. And, and I was okay with that um, because I really just wanted to get married. But in fact, my groomsmen surprised me and landed in Calgary, um, all of them, a week before the actual wedding. Villa, I guess if you want to call it that. And we got an insane amount of booze and we went out and we just basically, basically we didn't really even do anything. We just kind of sat around, told stories, laughed, played some games, whatever, just drank a lot of beer. Um, but the first, I would say within the first three hours of me getting to this villa, I completely totaled and trashed my phone because I had it in my pocket and this villa came with a hot tub and I was like, sweet, I'm going to go inside the hot tub. And about 15 minutes into me being inside the hot tub, I was like, oh, my phone's in my pocket. And I was like, okay, well, it, it's waterproof, right? So I took it out and the thing's still working, but then it goes haywire. It's like there's no SIM card attached. Uh, it's it's going on safe mode. It was doing like all sorts of crazy things. So my phone actually like just completely bit the bullet um, two days before my wedding, which kind of made everything quite hard to do. Because obviously I didn't have time to go get a new one, but you kind of need your phone when you're in that like that crucial stage of the day. So that that was uh that that was kind of funny to me because like my phone literally lasted about three hours in the bachelor party and then it was just absolutely toast and kaput. <laughs> it's true true to form. Of course, of but, course. So I love it. Um, Sam and I had our parents, our grandparents, and um, our bridal party. So we all all of us got together. There was about twenty five people. And we all went to, uh, we all went for dinner. We went to dinner at this place called Double Zero. I, you guys don't have Double Zero, right? I don't think so. I don't recognize the name. I, I think it's, I think it's local, but I'm not sure. It, it's like a, it's like an Italian pizza place or whatever. So we go there and um, it's in, it's in like a mall. So I park underground. I'm meeting Sam there because she's doing her own thing for most of the day. So I park underground and go up. We have dinner and whatever. It's like 30, 10 o'clock by the time that we leave. Sam goes to her hotel and I go down, and the the doors to the parkade are locked, so I cannot get my car. And I'm like, ugh. So I, I call my best man, and I'm like, Kevin, I need a ride back home because my car is, is locked, and I don't want to mess around and, like, try and call security to go and get it. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting married tomorrow morning. I'm already nervous, uh, you know, just jittery, whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'll pick up my car on Sunday, and if they tow it, they tow it. Whatever. I don't care. So... Saturday happens, we get married, and on Sunday, I'm like, okay, well, I should go probably pick up my car, so I go back, and thankfully, my car has not been towed, however, I open my door, my stuff is everywhere, my stuff is everywhere inside my car, my glove box has been torn apart, my, every loony and toony I had in the dash had been taken, uh, I'm looking around, I was like, oh god, well, obviously, someone was in my car, and obviously they rifled around and I looked and like, I didn't really have any valuables in my car. I, I don't keep yeah. valuables in my car, but I looked around anyways. And I was like, all right, so there's nothing really missing, but in exchange for the loonies and toonies that, uh, this, this person had taken from me, they left me a nice bag full of bottles and a toque. And there is a toothbrush and there was something else. So not only did someone rummage through my car, they probably slept in my car and my car stunk and i'm not blaming anybody but myself because i i left it unlocked and i probably shouldn't have parked in the underground parkade at like 
seven o'clock at, at night, but whatever. So I have to get my 2004 Sunfire, which is like falling apart, professionally detailed to get rid of the, this, oh this awful gosh. aroma inside of it. So that, that was oh a, a nice little epilogue to our wedding day was having to get my car detailed because a homeless person slept in it. And I, I think that that is uh, very representative of my entire time off. Oh my gosh. What did you do with the their stuff? Did you just leave it for them or well, did you toss it? Or? So I so I was I was a little bit careful because I didn't know, you know, if it was just bottles or if there was anything else in there that I should be worried about, right, like, right, right. you know, uh, any paraphernalia. So I, I kind of looked around. I didn't see anything. And I, and I picked up their bag and I just put it outside in the parkade and I, and I drove away. And I also didn't have a phone either yet at this point. So I was like, uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm, uh, I guess I'm just going to go home and, and call a mobile like detailer and they can come and do their thing. So yeah, it uh-huh. was, uh, it was quite the couple of days. That's, that's crazy. And that's also, it's like. I, I could just imagine your reaction because you just got married. You just ha- like did all this stuff and you got all this work done and something that you've been working towards for a couple of years now. And you probably were just like, yep, homeless person slept in my car. Oh, well, <laughs> like well drove off. and that and that's the thing was like I was I was on cloud nine. Right. I was so happy. Yeah. That we got married. And I was just like, oh, whatever. Like a homeless person slept in my car. They probably needed somewhere to sleep. Whatever. Yeah. I left my doors unlocked. I would have done the same thing. So I, as, yeah. as lame as it was, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I still felt pretty, I was riding the high of getting married. So I, I wasn't maybe yeah. as upset as I should have been. But really, I mean, who leaves their car in a parkade with like, I literally checked. I had all four of my doors unlocked. Oh my god! I mean, who's, whose fault is that really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and as long as they didn't like do any hardcore damage except for, you know, the smell and the loonies and shooties. Yes. That's. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It could have been a lot worse, actually. So, uh, for real. You know, shout out to that. I hope that they found somewhere warm and that they're somewhere safe. For sure. Yeah. Uh, But, Allison, we have a lot to get into today. We, uh, I wanted to kind of ease my way back in. So we asked everybody for their Zelda questions, and by God, we're gonna give you some Zelda answers today. So we have a lot of questions. I think I'm not sure if we'll be able to get to them all or not, but we will try our darndest here, and we might as well just uh, jump right on into it if you are ready, Al. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Let's get back into this. All right. Over on Facebook, Cody Thompson asks, what do you think is coming after Breath of the Wild 2? What kind of game would you like to see? What an interesting question, because after Breath of the Wild, we had kind of a a more laid-back, Link's Awakening-esque type of game, and I could see them doing the same thing here with uh, the game that launches post breath of the wild. Cause like we're, we're kind of out of HD remakes to make, right? Like we've got wind waker, twilight princess, skyward sword. I mean, I guess they could redo Ocarina of time if they really wanted to, or they could just, you know, just simply port over wind waker and twilight princess to the switch. But I don't know. I, I could see another, you know, I, I could see another remake. Like maybe it's, maybe it's the Oracle's time to come over after Breath of the Wild 2 comes comes out. Maybe we're getting, um, I don't know, another multiplayer-focused uh, Zelda game. I think I think it's definitely going to be something on a smaller scale. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I feel like they might take a step back a little bit as far as huge game planning goes. The huge console games, especially as big as Breath of the Wild was and Breath of the Wild 2 is probably going to be. So, and like kind of sticking to their patterns, they usually release a Zelda game a year, um, even if it's a remake or whatever, it, at least one, right? right. So. I, I feel like you're right. They might um, they might be tackling Oracle remakes um, in a similar style to Link's Awakening. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, and I would like to see. But after that, as far as big name games go, I have no idea. I'm not a creative thinking person, so I don't know where Nintendo wants to go after this because this is like a major high for them, and I don't know what they they have a lot of work to do to top where they're at right now. So. We're just going to have to see. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that for, like, the immediate future after Breath of the Wild, like, the, the literal yeah, next yeah, yeah. game, I think it's going to be something smaller. But, I, I mean, it, for the general series, I think it's going to be, like, Breath of the Wild-esque games. I think that's the new normal, if you will. So, it, it, let's just, for comparison, let's say that um, Breath of the Wild 2 is, like, the Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wild's Ocarina of Time. The next game you're going to get is going to be, like, The Wind Waker, and maybe it'll be different in some ways but fundamentally it'll be similar to breath of the wild i think that that's the direction that the series you know is going to follow from from here on in um actually somebody commented underneath matt graham commented uh phantom hourglass full 3d remake what do you think about that you know what i would be down for remakes of phantom hourglass and spirit tracks because like those games could use remakes but it would be hard it would be hard yeah I, I agree. I mean, would I take it? Absolutely. I would love it, and I wouldn't have to set up my 2DS to stream uh, Phantom Hourglass, and I think it would be so much fun. But, yeah, it's like, it's harder than, you know, uh, making uh, regular controls for Skyward Sword. Those controls are very specific. You, uh, you know, use a stylus for not just walking. Like, it's not just the walking they would have to change. It's the items it's the sword fighting it's it's everything you know the entire game would have to be revamped and as much as i would love to see it i don't think they should make that a priority and if they do in the future awesome but i think i i think i'd rather have the oracle games remade first i would too um i would too but what about this pitch okay so what about if they if they ever did remake that i think that you can simply assign the like you can get rid of the stylus for moving. I think you can simply assign that to the joystick. I think that's pretty obvious. I think that you can assign a button for sword play. I think that that one is also feasible. And maybe yeah. for items kind of like the boomerang or something like that, you can, um, I don't know, maybe you could hold down like L or something like that. And then similar to Skyward Sword, like the other joystick becomes your, like your boomerang or, or something like that. Maybe it could work like that. I don't know how it would work for firing the cannons. Maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they just kind of make that like a like a similar reticle like we've seen in Wind Waker or something like that. But it, interesting yeah. to think of how they could pull this off. Yeah, my only concern would be the direction of, you know, the boomerang, the, uh, the bomb shoes. Everything else is, um, thinking about it is relatively okay. Or uh, like the symbols for the frogs for fast travel. I just... Even if they put that as a function on the D-pad, I feel like it'd still be kind of janky because, you know, you still have to be a little bit more precise and fast. Like, I'm not super fast when it comes to the stylus and the boomerang when you're fighting bosses and stuff, yeah. and you kind of need to be. So, 
I don't know. I mean, if they can figure out a way that it's simple and you can do it and it's uh, relatively in pace with the game, you know, then great. But it's it'll be hard. Yeah, and, like, really, I mean, gosh, at, at that point, it's like, you might as well just make a new game. Because, like, with the amount yeah. of work that you're doing to, you know, to make that feasible to play, <laughs> I mean, really, you might as well just make a new game. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think that those games really could use a remake. I actually think that those, we've talked about this before, I think that those games would be really good on mobile, like on your cell phone or something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for touchscreen and everything. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Uh, I, I would have a fun time with that. I think that they that they lend themselves well to to that medium. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here. Corey Richmond asks, do you like the addition of the Tingle Brothers? Hell yeah. Come on, Corey. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I don't know much about them, but I think they're I think they're funny and adorable, and I think it's kind of weird that they look like uh, they're in slavery to Tingle in Wind Waker. I think it's a little <laughs> sketch, but you know, I I'd be interested to learn more about them. Are they in the Tingles Rosie Rupee Land game? No, no, they are not oh. actually. T- the Tingles well, Rosie Rupee Land is like in another dimension. It's like its own yeah. weird thing. Tingle variant right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would love to get to know them more. Oh my god, I oh, I hope that Tingle is in Breath of the Wild too. And then if Tingle's in Breath of the Wild too, I want his brothers to be in there too. Yeah, if he's not in Breath of the Wild too, I don't know what to say. Do you, they can have my money back. Uh, <laughs> let's let's <laughs> keep on my cartridge. <laughs> let's keep on going. Judy Calder, shout out to Judy, uh, the the real one who guessed or who picked Rupee Tower that none of you guys got. Uh, what is it, or what was it, that brought you into the fandom? As in, not the game, but the specific reason that made you say, whoa, I love this, give me more. So I think I've told this story before as well, but I remember playing Ocarina of Time, and um, the first half of the, not even the first half, the first three dungeons, the child portion of the game, uh, I I finally beat, I, I don't know, I was like 10 years old or something like that, maybe not even. So I finally beat the first little bit of the game and I was like, okay, well the game's over. Like, uh, I got the three stones of going to get Ganondorf and you know, I'm going to fight him. And then of course the game takes a left turn and you get to be an adult, you get the hook shot. But the moment for me was when I walked into the forest temple and it was so surreal and it was just like, it was like just a, it's almost like an out of body experience with like the music and the atmosphere. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like this is wow, like, this is something beyond a video game. Like, this is just, like, this is art, or, like, this is... Uh, I, I can't even put it into words, but I the, the feeling I felt when I was playing the Forest Temple for the first time was just, like, out of this world. So that, that was the moment that hooked me on Zelda forever. Yeah, I, um... I've I've been introduced to Zelda at a very young age. I just didn't play it until I was older. I remember watching people in my family play it um i remember a link to the past and like the pyramid thing in the dark world for some reason that's like very bold in my mind as well as riding opona in uh ocarina of time in, at lamon ranch and when i the reason i don't say that ocarina of time was my first game is because i played it for all of like five minutes and I told the tree I wasn't ready and didn't have courage and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that soft locked the game 
Um, <laughs> so my first game was like really a link to the past because that's what I played more thoroughly, more fully. And I don't know like what hooked me in it. It's just, it was a reoccurring thing throughout my whole life. And I just, I solidly, solidly became a part of the Zelda franchise and community probably in 2014 when I joined, um, uh, Zelda Dungeon because I just got back into the series. Like I said, it was off and on. I just got back into the series. I was having a really hard time in the military and stuff, and I played um, A Link Between Worlds. That was my first game back, and I was just like, I have to get back into these games in this community, and I just, I love this so much, so that's kind of where I fell in, at least. Um, but, you know, earlier on, I have a lot of memories from it, so it's been in my life, the you know, my entire life. There you go. Perfect. Um, let's uh, let's move on to another question from our buddy Skyform Anthony. Uh, Anthony asks, if you could play one only one Zelda game for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Conversely, if you could completely eliminate one game from the series, which would it be? Let's take the second part first, Al. So if you could eliminate one game from the series, which would it be? There's only one answer. There's only one answer. I mean, you know I'm sure the answer. No, our answers are different. Yours is Triforce Heroes, I'm guessing. That's the only. That's the only answer. That's not true. <laughs> I'm okay with Triforce Heroes. I enjoy playing it with my friends, Ugh. but and I know people are a huge fan. Like, there's a lot. There's a big fan base for this game. I don't know why. I don't get it. But Adventure Link would be the one that I would get rid of. I'm sorry. Oh, God. At, at least that game has some challenge, has some cohesion, has some cool <laughs> innovations, and doesn't have, like, the Ice Climbers outfit to put on. And you can play it solo and have a, a decent experience. I Oh, God. Uh, I think <laughs> Triforce Heroes is, like, the, the one game that just, I think, just, like, give Zelda a bad name and I hate it for that. So it definitely Triforce Heroes. There's no there ain't no other option. I want to put a specific poll on my Twitter later and it's going to be like if you played or when you play Adventure of Link solo, is it a decent experience? And I promise you it's probably going to be a lot of no's. Well, okay. And now I I actually agree with you that if you play Adventure of Link, let's say on the NES, or even like in a, if you bought it for, I don't know, the 3DS, or I know, because even 3DS has save states, but if you, if you just play it originally as intended, yeah, Adventure of Link is not very fun. However, if you're playing it on the Nintendo Switch, you've got save states, you've got the rewind feature, you've got a lot of things that can actually make that a fairly enjoyable experience, whereas like, if you're playing Triforce Heroes on your 3DS, there's nothing that makes it an enjoyable experience. Except for maybe if you have two other schmucks unlucky enough to have a copy of Tri Triforce Heroes <laughs> that are playing it on their 3DS. And hopefully, hopefully, your internet connection is good enough to sustain the multiplayer. And even if it is, you're going from one bland pancake room to another and just doing little mini puzzles. Ugh. Ah, uh, no, no. Eliminate Triforce Heroes. Oh my gosh. I just want to say that I was reminded post-marathon this year that I'm pretty sure K 
Kevin, Skip, and I make up like 50% of the sales of Drive for Zeros because we each bought two copies. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like a putz just buying one copy. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story, actually. I've bought Triforce Heroes three times. Three times. I gave it away the first time. I traded it in the second time, which is one of the only games I've ever traded in in my life. Like, you've seen a picture of my game collection. It's massive. And I was so disgusted with Triforce Heroes that I actually traded it in for, like, ten bucks. Oh, wow. And then I bought it again in order to play it for this podcast. And I, and I did the first couple levels, and I just, like... I was so disgusted that I just shut it off and I and I couldn't oh play God. it anymore. <laughs> oh, <sighs> fine, fine. Okay, the second part of this question, or the original part of this question is much more difficult to answer, I feel. Yes, I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this is hard. I don't know. My, I feel like my gut reaction is to say Breath of the Wild, but I feel like I would get sick of Breath of the Wild if I played it for the rest of my life. Um. So I, I would say Breath of the Wild as well, because like you, you have to think like Breath of the Wild is such a a longer experience than your average yeah. Zelda game. And so like like I love Ocarina of Time as much as the next guy. It's my favorite game of all time. But like if I'm playing it every day, every day, every day, it's like, oh, man, I'm going to get I'm going to get sick of that. And that's a game that you it would take, you know, a shorter amount of time to complete. So True. I think I think Breath of the Wild just for its longevity and like the different ways that you can go about doing that game. Um, I, I think that that from a practical standpoint is, is probably the best answer. Yeah, that was, that was my, like I said, gut reaction for that very reason, because it's so much bigger. You have so much more to do. <clears> and <throat> I mean, I've hundred percented that game at least three times. So right. What's another, you know, rest of my life. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, yeah. <clears throat> let's go back to Facebook. Uh, we got a question from Rigo Lara. Do you think Nintendo should stick with third-person gameplay or top-down gameplay? I think they should do both. Why not? Yeah, both. It it switches it up, you know, gives you a little bit different. Just don't ever go to first person. I feel like that would be weird. Yeah, that well, you know what? I'll try anything once. I would have said that about Metroid and then we got Metroid Prime. So Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's uh, I'll I'll try anything once. I'll try anything once. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I th- I think that you should do both. I I think that um, I I am like a believer that you should try lots of things with your franchises. Actually, like I I'm really down with like the the idea of Hyrule Warriors. I didn't really love the first one, but I like the idea of it. Um, I like Cadence of Hyrule. I like I I don't know. I just like the experimentation and, and different. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, different ways to to play your favorite series. So yeah, I think both. I mean, obviously, if you if you had to pick one gun to your head, it's going to be third person. But yeah, you know, I I, I don't think that they should eliminate uh, top down because I think that some of the top down games are like some of the best in the series, actually. So yeah, and I agree, and I kind of feel like I feel like this more and more every year, but I feel like you definitely have your top down fans that love those games more than the 3D, and then you've got the 3D fans, you know. So you want to make everybody happy, or at least try to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to throw another Metroid reference here as well, but you, you've seen with Metroid Dread, like that's a 2d Metroid game, but like, it looks absolutely awesome. It looks, uh, like it, it looks very modern graphically. It looks, uh, you know, just as impressive as a, 
a big like Metroid Prime style game. So like there's no reason that a top-down Zelda game like Link's Awakening actually couldn't look as fantastic as some of these other games. Like Link's Awakening looks incredible. So yeah, I, I think that definitely there's um you know there's still room for that in 2021. Uh let's go over to a question from Emma Brogan. Which Zelda game would you like to get a remake remaster next, if any? Also, do you think they will slash should put underwater segments in Breath of the Wild 2? So second question the answer is yes i think there will definitely be underwater yep. segments and the first question i think we kind of touched on it but i i feel like it's oracle of ages oracle of seasons time next yeah uh i agree yes to the underwater sections i'm not a huge like water level fan you know in any game but i feel like breath of the wild would really do it well and have it would be beautiful so yes and then uh yeah i agree oracle games i feel like they're next and i would just love them in that Link's awakening style i think it's perfect yeah you know what i i want to i'm gonna give a caveat to something that you just said there i don't like water levels when they're done poorly and i think in 3d often they're done poorly but when they're done correct they're, they're actually not too bad and actually i think that the zelda franchise's track record with underwater is pretty decent like I think that swimming in Skyward Sword feels pretty good. I think that swimming in Twilight Princess feels pretty good. And Majora's Mask, when you're Azora, all feel pretty good. So I, I actually am, like, pretty, I don't know, pretty confident in uh, in Nintendo's ability to to pull off, you know, an, an underwater level uh, and do it in a way that's fun. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's go over to a question. I should have uh, prepared for this one because I'm not really sure I have an answer. So you're you're going first. I'm putting you in the hot seat. Oh, Corey okay. Richmond is back with another. What are your favorite and least favorite mini dungeons in this series? I could probably pull a favorite, but I don't know about least favorite. What about you, Al? Mini dungeon, uh, Icana Castle. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, I really like that one. It feels like a whole dungeon almost if it was just a little bit longer. And I like it better than Stone Tower Temple. Um, uh, Ice Cavern is a good one. Um, See, I was going to say Ice oh, Cavern yeah. is my favorite. And strictly just because of the ending when you're like playing the Serenade of Water with Sheik. And like you've got the starry oh, background. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just It looks so awesome. And I think it's I, actually just a clever dungeon as well. But yeah, that's my favorite. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I like uh, my brothers and I taken me back to my 10 year old self oh my gosh just really quick my youngest brother turned 20 the other day and i was just I, i'm i'm having issues like <laughs> i'm almost 30 my youngest brother is 20 and i don't know how i feel about that but anyways taking me back to when my brothers and i played ocarina of time together we did that ice cavern and you know the blocks that you have to move around in the puzzle yeah um to get the silver rupees um and then they would fall down and we like created the song like a bunch of dumb 10 year olds <laughs> when it would disappear and then it grow back and it was just so dumb so i just have good memories of that place like it's just so stupid uh, um man least favorite though i don't like yeah. yeah i i feel like they're short so like if you don't really like them it's just like you you kind of forget about it Who you cares? know yeah yeah it's not as much as a chore as doing a dungeon you don't like you know yeah the dungeons are longer so I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll think about it as we continue, and I'll come back to it at the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of um, of any that really, like, stand out as being, like, kind of dreadful. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that they're inoffensive at, uh, you know, at worst. So I, let's see here. 
So I just uh, really quickly I pulled up some a list of uh, a list of mini dungeons here. So we've got Hyrule Castle from A Link to the Past, and I think that one's fine. There's the you got to rescue Bow Wow, and there's uh, Canalit Castle from uh, from Link's Awakening, and I think those ones are fine. Bottom of the Well, Ice Cavern, Gerudo Training Grounds. I think those are all good. All good. Um, there's a couple from Majora's Mask, but I think that those are all good. Um, Ambi's Palace and the Great Moblin Keep from Oracle of Ages. I think that one's good. The Moblin's Keep from Oracle of Seasons. That one's good. Man, uh, like uh, the Ice Ring Isle and Fire Mountain from Wind Waker. I think those are good. Royal Crypt, Minish Cap. That's good. Whew. I don't. I don't know that there's like. You know a really what? terrible one. I might say Cave of Ordeals, or was it Cave of Shadows, I'll say, actually, from Twilight Princess HD, only because my game froze on the very last level, and it was very upsetting, and I promised myself I would never play it again. You know what? I, I don't think that you can count that, though, because that's optional. At, at least yeah. in my in my criteria, I mean, I'm not Gerudo, counting it. The Gerudo Training Grounds is also optional. Yeah, okay, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, so man, the Yiga Clan hideout. I love that one actually from Breath uh, of the that Wild. That fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I look. I'm looking at this list, Corey, and I I literally don't see a mini dungeon that I dislike, which is uh, which is kind of fun. And I guess like by design, like they're short, they're bite sized, so there's not really much to dislike about them. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, Adriel. What's up, Adriel? is uh is asking a question and i feel like this one's right for you um what are your favorite mini games from the series and least favorite mini games from the series oh i love the mini games in the series i like oh i don't know the names of all of them but i like the octorok shooting gallery in castle town it's one of my favorites i like fun fun island I like um, a lot of the mini games in Breath of the Wild, especially the like bowling in the Hebra region. Oh I god, think that's, that's a fun. lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because you could just be so creative with it. It's great, and I, and they have like a g- little mini golf course too in that game. That's a lot of fun. Um, the Cuckoo Chase game um, in A Link Between Worlds has so such good music that even though I suck at it. It makes it fun. Like, the music's great. But, yeah, there's a lot. Like, that that's a lot also to unpack. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a sucker for um, just, like, the generic shooting galleries. Particularly the ones in Majora's Mask, actually, where you have, like, the moving... Like, you have the wolfos, you have the birds that are going around. Those ones are a little yeah. bit more interactive, a little bit more fun. Um, so I like that. I like the, uh, the crane in Link's Awakening and just, like, uh, getting getting your little figurines and stuff from there. And I mean, God, there's like, there's so many that I really enjoy. Again, this one's tough because like you do a mini game and if you don't like it, you just typically don't do it again. So it doesn't really stick out. Yeah. I will. How about this? I will say that one of the mini games that I don't really enjoy is the, um, also from Majora's Mask, the, the dog race mini game where like you pick up the dog and it's like, I'm feeling great. Oh, and, then, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that dog will win, but maybe it won't. So it takes forever to find the right dog. Your dog doesn't always win. And uh, it's not that exciting to watch the dogs go around the track. So maybe that will be my my most hated. But that's a strong word. Yeah, hated is a strong word. I don't like roll goal um, just because I suck at it. Like I'm not good. Or the slide puzzles in Wind Waker also just because I'm not good at it. Yeah. But 
like a lot of the I'm looking at this list and a lot of them are a lot of fun like it's it's hard to hate on them Octoball Derby that's fun that how, one's how about this fun. the day that the Legend of Zelda introduces a card mini game like like the ones you get in Final Fantasy eight or nine where like you have your cards and you have to do this stuff to win that that will automatically be my most hated mini game because I hate. If a video game has cards in it, I don't play it. I don't want to mess around with yeah. cards. I I don't do that. Yeah, if I wanted to mess around with cards, I would go to a very specific card video game. <laughs> if I wanted to mess around with cards, I'd just go play cards in real life. i go play Uno. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd go play Coup, which actually is, is a pretty sick card game. But uh, And, we're, and awesome. we're due for a Coup game, hopefully sometime soon, my friend. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep let's keep going here. Game Worm uh, asks a very very important question: What creature from the Legend of Zelda series would you have as a pet? Well, so Aww. I have a dog named Link and a cat named Zora, so those ones are already there. But if I'm picking specifically and exclusively from the uh, from the series, I don't know. I I feel like a Loftwing is like the answer, right? Like that's not only is it a, a loving companion, it looks awesome, but it, you can fly around on it. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling like nothing really beats a Loftwing for me. Um, Yeah, I mean, that would be hard to keep, though. And also, if you've seen the shoebill birds that those are based off of, they're kind of creepy looking. <laughs> so, I mean... I don't know that that's a lot of work to keep one of those but I feel like um I've said this before but I've had a hedgehog so I feel like I would do well with a kikui I think I think if uh I think if Machi became my little friend and just waddled around my house I would love that those guys are, are so cute would, and squishy my sister would like it too because she's a plant freak so you know you got an animal a pet and a plant <laughs> you know what Sam is a plant freak as well actually we we drove uh an hour to a neighboring town like two days ago to get a plant <laughs> yes <laughs> i was like I okay it. it's already right, we we'll go wherever you want to get this plant but okay <laughs> love it That's uh great. crazy cats has a, a great question uh, which game would you most like to get a direct sequel for hmm mm. <laughs> i'm going to say Ooh, I, I thought I had an answer, but maybe I don't actually. So when I'm when I'm answering this question, what I'm really thinking is like, what characters from a game do I want to see again? Yeah. And for me, I love Vadi. I I really want to see Vadi again, and I want to see him like in his Pakori form. So my answer was probably going to be Minish Cap, and so I think that's going to be my answer. But I'll I'll say. Like, it, it could be a direct sequel. It doesn't have to have the same gimmick where you shrink down to become a Minish. But I would just like to see a sequel in the sense of, like, Vadi comes back. He's raising havoc. He's broken out of um, his seal. And maybe maybe that's the only kind of um, tie to the original Minish Cap that we need. And may, maybe if you really wanted, you could bring Ezlo back. But I, I would love to see Vadi again. So I, I think that that is my answer. Yeah, I was, I'm trying to think, and it's a little bit difficult because we do have a lot of direct sequels, which is nice, and I mean, you know, if you asked this two years ago, I probably would have said Breath of the Wild, but we're getting one, so I think maybe the Ocarina of Time 
game and Majora's Mask game should be a trilogy. I think it would have a really cool rounded trilogy story because there are elements that we know happen after Majora's Mask where Link becomes the Nightshade, right? So I would kind of like to see, you know, what happens in between him leaving Termina or however the heck he gets out of Termina because who knows what it really is. Um, and still continuing his journey to find Navi, you know? So, like, I think that would be an interesting story to tell. I think that that art style is so beloved, it's so iconic, that they could 100% do it, and I would be interested to see a continuation of that story. Yeah, fair enough. I Ocarina of Time is such a tricky one, um, because, like, I feel like, you know, Majora's Mask is a sequel, but, it like, it's, it's a sequel, but it's kind of not. It's more so a sequel in terms of like everything but the story you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah so it, it doesn't feel like a sequel to me even though it obviously is like twilight princess feels more like the sequel to ocarina of time to me so i if it were me and you were doing a trilogy i would i would go like ocarina of time twilight princess uh third game but i definitely don't want to see a sequel to twilight princess i'm just gonna say that right <laughs> now uh <laughs> so <Fair>. nothing's changed <laughs> in my two weeks off everybody um <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I man, this is it's a loaded question because I mean, in some sense, like you want to see a continuation of almost all of these stories, but yeah. um, but you know what? Then again, actually, sometimes you get a direct sequel like Phantom Hourglass, and you're just like, you know what? I thought I wanted this, but I really didn't. Oh, sorry. Love Phantom Hourglass, though. I um, I thought about Skyward Sword for a hot second, but then I was like, no, it's really good standalone. Like, I, yeah, I agree. I feel like that was like the perfect ending. Like, I just I wanna I wanna think that Link and Zelda just settled on the ground and had babies and lived their life. Yeah. After the game is over. Yeah, for real. Sometimes you don't like. Um, we have this conversation a lot actually here at ZD. Sometimes you don't need to continue stuff just for the money. Okay, just let it be. A good story is a good story. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I also I also want to think that Groose found love. Yo, yeah. Of you want to hear a quick quick He's side story? He's one of the here. heroes. Quick side story. So we Sam and I went to a uh, a really lavish resort for a couple days, uh, just as like a mini honeymoon kind of thing. And um, there was a chauffeur there, and this dude was actually like really nice enough to drive us to uh, a neighboring restaurant that was about five ten minutes away. He wasn't supposed to, but he just did it anyways. And so he he was we were chatting. And he's like, oh, what's the occasion? And I was like, it's our honeymoon. And this this chauffeur said, and I quote, oh, that's nice. I hope that uh, someday I find true love. And I was so <laughs> sad for this guy, and I'm rooting for oh. him wherever he is right now in the world. I hope he I hope he finds it. Oh, yeah, me too. You go, chauffeur guy. He was nice. He was nice. He uh, he picked yeah. us up so we could we could drink a lot of wine. So uh, shout out to you. Mr. Chauffeur out in Vernon, British Columbia. You're a good guy. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep on moving here. Crazy Cats <laughs> is back with another good question. Would you like to see more quests slash side quests which have different possible outcomes? And uh, he uses the the Beatrice uh, side quest as reference or the Colin's letter in Skyward Sword as reference. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Al? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it when I love it when games do that to you because <laughs> I say do that to you like they're inflicting this upon you because you could go back and replay it and try the other option. You know, it gives you it gives you a reason to come back to the game for one thing more than you know it's an awesome game. 
but it's really fun to kind of see the the reactions to your actions and i i always love that in stories so yeah 100 percent. right you know what i so i want to say yes however the the completionist in me is just like oh no because i i want to see like i want to see every single possible outcome but i want to do it right then and right there and i want to know that i like did the correct thing and i'm also the type of guy that like when i replay a game it's usually it's usually uh, with some time in between or like there's a lot of time removed from my first playthrough and so i typically just make the same decisions that i made the first time again because i want to re-experience everything that i did again like i replayed mass effect and uh i think i've i've made pretty much the same decisions every single time i've played that game so i i've i want to say yes but i don't know i don't know i don't know Maybe maybe I want to say yes, but knowing myself as I do, I I'm gonna say no because I'm just a weird completionist kind of guy like that. <laughs> I think it depends on like how they do it and what game it's in because with Zelda, generally like the outcome is going to be relatively the same no matter what you do, kind of. Right. Like you're still gonna get the item. You're still um in Colin's case like you give the letter to the girl and she still goes off with the other guy. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If it's a game like freaking Mass Effect, you know, that changes the ending of the whole story. That's a little bit different, you know? Right. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's keep it going here. We have a question from The Flying Wolf. So The Flying Wolf asks, How would you feel about the spirit of the hero being embodied in someone other than Link? I feel like I'm fine with that, actually. Yeah, so I was. <laughs> I remember. I, say, okay. um, I remember, like many years ago, before Breath of the Wild came out, there was the whole raging debate about should you be able to um, choose Link's gender? Yes, no, maybe so. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of went, and I think that my stance has like slightly changed since then. But at the time, I said no. Like I, I'd rather just see Link, or I'd rather just see like a new female protagonist be that character and just call it someone other than link and i i think that that's still my answer although i don't feel as firmly about that now as i probably did back then but i feel like this is kind of this this question reminded me of that debate and um i would like i would be totally fine if, if you know other than link we're playing as someone else uh you know taking up that mantle I think that that would be a good opportunity for like a new character to to be introduced to the Legend of Zelda series and like and like a new main character because like you get new villains all the time but like you very often don't get like like a new main like good character I feel like so yeah I I would be totally fine with that yeah I um my first reaction was like yeah okay sure um I this this is something that I really love that Marvel's like putting into mainstream media right now and they're by no means the first person to do this it's not brand new to Marvel either it's just that it's now pop culture because it's everybody's seeing it right now and that's the multiverse right and so you have this huge expansion of stories and you have variant characters so at this point when people have arguments about whether Link should be a girl or guy or uh whatever you know you want link to be and or stay the same or whatever who cares anymore 
You know, we live in a world where there's multiverses and there could be a variant link. Like, who cares? Just do it. And if what you enjoy is what you enjoy, great. If you want to stay the same, great. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I promise it's going to be okay. So I'm all for it. Have a variant link that isn't link. It's just a different character. It's a different universe. You know, if you have to think about it that hard, you know what I mean? So it's okay. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the worst that's going to happen is it's you're not going to like it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to play it. Yeah, that's, uh, it. you know, that's that's really okay. the, the end of it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Flying Wolf also had a, a follow up question here. Um, and I think that we've answered this already, but let's just answer it one more time. If you could have one 2D Zelda remake, which one would you pick? The Oracles, Flying Wolf. Yeah, I think that they are Oracles. due. And then after yep. that, well, it'll be the Minish Cap. And, and really all the Minish Cap needs is just some updated visuals because I think that it's pretty awesome other than that. And some updated music, of course. But, yeah. There you go. Easy. Easy one. Bruncane Man uh, has a question for us. I'm stealing this question from Reddit shamefully, but if you could pick <laughs> one mechanic slash gameplay feature from any other Zelda game and put it into Breath of the Wild 2, what would you pick? I have an answer. Do you have an answer, Allison? Uh, my first thought is swimming. Like, underwater swimming. Okay. I feel like that's an easy answer, too. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit right there. <laughs> okay. My answer was masks. Um, I just like oh, the... okay. But, like, the, the transformative masks. And that doesn't have yeah, to be, yeah, like, yeah. the core of the game. But, like, you kind of get that in Breath of the Wild where, like, you can put on, like, the Moblin mask and the Moblins don't attack you or Bacoblin or whatever. I, I think that they could go a step further with that. And, like, you could... Um, you could use it almost as like a power up or like you could transform into, uh, I don't know, something. I'd love to see like, you know, the three main transformation masks. And if you went up to like <laughs> Goron City and started talking to Gorons, if they would know it was you, you know, even though you're a Goron form. I think that would be cute. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, masks. Bring it, bring back the masks, but the masks that like transform you and aren't just uh, cosmetic. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Jules has a question. Shout out to Jules. Uh, if you're, if you've ever seen us on Facebook, that's, uh, it's pretty much Jules is doing. So, uh, shout out to Jules. Um, would you like to see more of dark link used in the legend of Zelda series, possibly similar to how dark Samus is the main antagonist of the Metroid prime trilogy and acts as a boss or mini boss for several parts. Yeah. I think that'd be great actually. Yeah. I, I love the reoccurring element of Dark Link and how Dark Link plays a different role in um, each game. And you know what's funny? Shout out to also Goo, Corey, and uh, and Nico who have their Tier 4 Heroes uh, series going on right now. They they talked about Dark Link quite a bit um, in their first episode. And Goo made me really think about Dark Link and how you're really, like, it's you're your own worst enemy. And I thought that was really cool. So I'd love to see that pop up again. Um, Breath of the Wild 2 seems like a good uh, environment to pull him back. Why not? Yeah, I, I think that there is, like, a lot of untapped potential with Dark Link. Because, I mean, really, Dark Link has, has only kind of shown up very sporadically, like, much less than we think. And it's always been in that in that kind of sense of like you're fighting your own shadow. But I think that they, that they could go a little bit further with it. And like, instead of like a moment of, cause it's almost like a moment of reflection when you're fighting dark link and like you're, you're mm -hmm. overcoming yourself. But like, if that was weaved throughout the entire game and like you were fighting this, like imagine you're fighting a version of yourself, but working for the dark, you know, and working, um, 
against the light. So I, I think that that'd be really cool. And, and, you know, it worked really well for, for Metroid prime. That, that was a different set of circumstances, but I think that it could also translate well to, um, to Zelda. So, yeah, there you go. There we go. All right. Uh, Russ, my buddy Russ at the Tomes of Evil podcast asks, would you guys play a Zelda spinoff game focusing on a villain, perhaps a Ganon origin game? Well, my friend, yes. I've played yes. Tingle's Rosie Rupee Land. <laughs> what? What? Oh, no. No, I'm kidding. Tingle's Rosie Rupee Land is great. Yeah, I'd, of course I'd play a game like that. Um... Yes, I would too. I I really want this. I've said this several times on the the cast, but I would love to see. Maybe I just like this trope. I would love to see a story of a Zelda game where the three, the main three, are friends. Like they start out as friends. They grew up together or some crap. So that Ganondorf's betrayal is more impactful, devastating. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to see that. And that seems like a perfect environment where you get to play as Ganondorf for a little bit. Like, you know, you get to see him on the good side. And then maybe you kind of get to hear the whispers in his brain that are turning him away. You know what I mean? The demise curse or whatever. That would be awesome. I would, I'd play the heck out of that game. Yep. I would uh, I would play the heck out of that game as well. It, it would be kind of cool to see an origin for Ganon uh, in Ganondorf. Yes. And we kind of yeah. get, get that in Ocarina of Time, but... Maybe something a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more, like you said, specific to to the three of them. But yeah, of course, that, that would be awesome. Um, all right, so Quiggs has a cool question. What is your favorite town in the series other than Clock Town? Because I feel like that would probably be most people's answers. It would have been my answer. But favorite town in the series other than Clock Town? Huh, there are some contenders, I feel like. Um Definitely Hateno, definitely Breath of the Wild, Kakariko Village, for sure. Those are contenders. Yeah. Um, I, I've always been a sucker for Hyrule Town from the Minish Cap. I just think it's so, like, charming, and I love the music. So that would right. be a contender as well. Um, Kokiri Forest, of course, from Ocarina of Time. Though Those are kind of, like, the, the big ones that pop out to me. Have I missed anything? Oh, and, and Skyloft, of course. Um, have I missed Skylab anything, Al? Um, it's hard. Once again, these uh, we're not prepared for these questions that make us think across the entire franchise. So I'm sure there's something that we're missing, but I really like uh, Windfall Island. is also a pretty charming, and it has you know a lot of NPCs there that interact and talk and move and all that kind of stuff. So that makes it fun. But it's hard to beat Clock Town because it's so involved. You get so involved in there. So Right. I, th I think this would have been an easy question if we could pick Clock Town, because that would have been my answer. Yeah, mine too. And, I mean, I feel like I know some other people's answers if they were uh, answering the same thing. But, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to think about. But Breath of the Wild also, like, you know, it has a lot of very nice places and a lot more settlements than most of the, the other Zelda games. So... Gerudo Town is, uh, you know, big and bustling versus when you see Gerudo in other uh, Zelda games. So you actually see, like, their settlement, and it's kind of cool. So I like I like Gerudo Town, I would say. Okay, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, God, I, you know, I, I think I'm just going to play it safe, and I'm going to say Skyloft, because I think that's, like, the closest thing to Clock Town in the series. Mm-hmm. So... Fair enough. Yeah, I think uh, Skyloft, but... 
Kokiri Forest it might uh, might be my second pick because that's just so whimsical and and brings back a lot of memories for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh man, what a tough question. Uh, Quigs has another question, but this one is only for you, Allison. Oh. So I hope you're ready. Who's okay. the better jerk with a heart of gold, Linebeck or Groose? Aww. I mean, it's Groose, but I love Linebeck. He just, he has his moments, and he's so hilarious. Like, he's just hilarious in his his desire to be a jerk. You know, he <laughs> he's, like, shameless. And But there's that moment where he, like, he goes to save Link, you know, and he becomes Bellenbeck, and it's like, I feel like that's really impactful, you know, and... His hilarity throughout the game is great. So obvious, the Groose is the obvious answer. He has the best character arc ever. But I love Linebeck. Like he's he he's not a close second, but I still love him. <laughs> hmm. You know who was talking about Linebeck the other day? Who was talking about Linebeck the other day? Nobody, because he sucks. Oh, Andy, no. Nobody <laughs> was talking about Linebeck. That's right. You don't. You don't like that moment where Linebeck, he's, you know, just just a dumbhead the whole time and just is obviously using Link to get the treasure. But then at the end, when Bellum goes to attack, you don't like that moment? Like, that doesn't speak to you in any way? No. You know, it actually fell kind of flat to me. And, and oh. so we replayed uh, Phantom Hourglass for Linked Over Zelda Creator Con last year. And I was super hungover on the day that we recorded. But one of the things that I noted was I actually thought that Linebeck had, like, more of a a gradual, um, I don't know how to, let's call it a face turn, uh, where Groose progressively gets more and more and more, like, <laughs> God, words are escaping me, better throughout the, you know, his attitude improves throughout the, the game, like, progressively. So it's believable when he arrives at his conclusion at the end. And Linebeck was just, like, he's kind of a slime bag for like 90% of the game. So at the end of the game, it was very, I don't know, sudden. I just, I remembered him kind of like um, warming up to Link a little bit more than he actually did when I was playing it. By the way, anybody listening to this and Allison, you yourself, you have got to watch a show called Sweet Tooth on Netflix. It is so good. Oh. It's so good. And and I bring this up because there's, um, there's a character called Big Man and he kind of has like the same thing where like, he hates being with uh, the main character. His name is Gus, a.k.a. Sweet Tooth. But progressively, he learns to love him. And, um, you know, it's it's a really great show. But, okay. yeah, Lineback, Lineback's thing was just a little bit too sudden for me, I if I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, that's fine. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. But I disagree because it's not a huge game like Skyward Sword where you have a million cutscenes that you get to work with and... Uh, all this screen time for the characters. So I feel like Linebeck's uh, gradual, you know, to a heart of gold character was great. Like, it it matched the pace of the game just fine. If you read a lot of his dialogue and pay attention to a lot of his interactions with Link, you could totally see the growth. And so I think it's fine. I'm not, and like I said, Bruce is obviously better, very much better. And, like, Lightyear is better, but... I still, I think, I think Linebeck does just fine. You know what? I love that you will defend Phantom Hourglass until the day that you die. <laughs> I, I love it. I think that that's needed in this world because no one else is going to do it, but you're going to do it by God. Uh, all right. Last question from Corey. He says, date, marry, kill. Uh, Sahasrila, 
Bamboo Island Guy Peter, a.k.a. Beatrice's dad, or Link's uncle from A Link to the Past, Allison. What weird, what weird questions. What, were the, what was it, Date, Mary Kill? That's right. Um, I'd kill Link's uncle because I feel like I wouldn't have to do much. He just dies. And so there's that. <laughs> okay. And- <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why don't you kill someone else, and then Link's uncle is just gonna die anyway? You could, you could marry Link's uncle, and then he's gonna die so in like funny. two minutes. Okay, he's got five rupees in his chest at home. Okay, he's got nothing for me. If oh, he dies. oh, okay, it's like that. All right. <laughs> it's so funny. We were playing this at the marathon, and it was just, it was just girls on the couch. So the chat was asking us about this, and usually my answer was to marry for money, so that when the character died. <laughs> I got their loot, but, <laughs> um, I, I think this is such a weird option. Like, I don't know. I don't like Sahasrala. He's fine, but he's like barely there. I don't know. This is weird. I'm date Sahasrala I'm killing, I'm and killing Mary all Peter. of them. None of what? them, none of them deserve to date me. <laughs> none of them. I, I think I'd marry Pierre. I wouldn't have a happy marriage because I feel like he's too in the past. But I think I would have fun having Beatrice as a daughter. Okay, that's legit. All right, I'm, I'm going to marry the Bamboo Island guy because he probably has the most money out of everyone here. And also is Beatrice. <laughs> um, I'm going to date Link's uncle because he's got that long blue hair. So he's got the flow. And I'm going to murder Sahasrala. Because I can never say his name, and I don't want to. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but then I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably kill the the bamboo island guy too. Like even though we're married, kind of like a basic instinct, you know. I'll get like an ice pick and like <laughs> kick him <laughs> off the island. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna push him into the ground. No one will ever find him. This guy <laughs> slipped. I don't know what happened to him. I haven't seen him in days. The knights weren't on guard that night. And then Link's uncle is going to die in like two seconds anyway. So I have to go on one date and I'll just leave. I'll just say, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm just not going to come back. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Two more questions here, Al. Retro123Gamer asks, what Zelda side character would you most like to play as in Super Smash Bros? Um, uh, I think my answer is Skull Kid. I think that it is Skull Kid. Although I do think that a an amalgamation character of all of the Blights would be very cool. And I think that they should have got into Smash Bros. already. I think if like you just had like a general Blight and like his up B was Wind Blight, his down B was Fire Blight, side B, whatever. I think that that would have been cool. His final Smash could have been Calamity, Ganon, Blight. Um, that would be badass. Oh, or, or, I'm going to take back Skull Kid. My boy... Monk Maz Kashia. Monk Maz. Ooh, yeah. That would be a good one. Um Um I I'd say Gearheim with maybe faster move sets than he has in the original Hyrule Warriors cuz I really like Gearheim, but his move sets are kind of disjointed and slow in Hyrule Warriors. So, that's where I would go. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that pick. Um okay, last question comes from Charles Xavier. If Zelda was to attempt adding in more story emphasis, what approach might work best? Active storytelling where nearly every character has an interesting arc or something like Elder Scrolls where a lot is tucked away in books. 
So I, I don't uh, know. He, he brought up Elder Scroll, Scrolls here, and I feel like um, a lot of characters in I'm gonna I'm talking about just Skyrim here because that's the only one I've played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like a lot of characters in Skyrim have interesting arcs. So I, I, I think what his question really is is like, would you like more overt storytelling with like, um, like stuff that's happening right in front of you and characters that are acting in front of you, or would you like to kind of go the Metroid Prime route and you can find the story? You just have to look for it in texts, archives, and stuff like that. And I, and I think that for me with Zelda, the first option is better, where you see active storytelling taking place in front of you. Yeah. I mean, they did both in Breath of the Wild, at least with the Champions Ballad, because you can read the characters' diaries and learn a little bit more about them. Right. Um, as well as getting the cutscenes where you see some development with them, and I think that's fine. Um, as far as, like, with Elder Scrolls, um, especially Skyrim, so I'm one of those people that collects every single thing in Skyrim, including the books, and I have a library in my house. And th that's so much information. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. So I wouldn't want it to be like that, but I kind of like the diary thing where you kind of got to be inside the champion's head a little bit. And I would love to see something like that as well. Or, you know, if we were talking about the champions in the past, if there were legends written about them, I would read those. But it can't be at the level of Elder Scrolls. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I feel like Breath of the Wild kind of did an amalgamation of both of these because, like, you get you get cutscenes in the form of memories that are taking place right in front of you. You're seeing the dialogue, you're seeing the characters speak, but like you have to go severely out of your way to find these memories and you, and you don't have to get them, you know, like they're, mm -hmm. they're optional. Yeah. So um, it was kind of both melded into one. I, I think that age of calamity did a, a really great job with like their cutscenes actually. And like, I, I thought that that game, and granted that's a much more straightforward experience. So like, how would you do that in Breath of the Wild? Like, I, I feel like you can do it very easily in, like, the Breath of the Wild sequel. And I think Skyrim does this as well. Like, you can go and you can... You have your main quest, right? And you can always go yeah. in and do your main quest. And I guess maybe the difference is that Skyrim's main quest has, like, more... I don't know, rungs up the ladder to get to your end destination. Where, like, you can just go to Hyrule Castle right away in Breath of the Wild. But I think yeah. that you should... Like, key events should trigger key cutscenes that are taking place in real time and those should expand on the characters expand on the events and inform you of what you need to do next and also inform you of the characters or motivations everything like that so there you go i think that's the answer um all right yeah. al i have a question for you oh okay if you had to guess do you know what i am wearing right now uh oh this this sounds weird out of context actually this doesn't sound as good as i envisioned that it might <laughs> it didn't sound the same coming out as it was in your head yeah i'm guessing some champions cast swag you damn right i'm wearing my champions cast hoodie this thing is warm it's fuzzy it's comfy and it fits like a dream and it goes through the wash and, and none of the uh the the logo is coming off so you can get nice. your champions cast merch over at the Zelda Dungeon Etsy store, of course, linked in the description of this show. And that is going to do it for us this week. It was great to be back and talking about some Zelda, Allison. I had a good time. I did too. I'm glad that we're back in the flow of things. And I'm looking forward to closing out this year with whatever we get soon, you know? So, 
absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. glad to be back, too. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a September Nintendo Direct. I mean, we've had one every year for the last six years or so, so... You know, yeah. Uh, knock I mean, on don't wood, be but... surprised if you know. Let's say um, Monday the tw the tw or thirteenth. I'm guessing that's my prediction. Monday the thirteenth. Hey, check out a direct tomorrow at six a.m. or some crap. Yeah, it's going to be guess. at some incredibly inconvenient time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. When I'm at work. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way that it's going to be. Um, yep. But until then, we are going to get out of here. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking some Fall Brawl. That's right, the third annual Fall Brawl is coming back to Zelda Dungeon. The bracket will be revealed soon. And Allison and I are going to go through it. And we're going to pick our winners. And we're going to have uh, a third party on to balance us out and make sure yes. that we don't uh, play shenanigans and take Monk Mask Shia to the final. But Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is next week. Uh, for this week, we are going to get out of here. Of course, we want to encourage you guys to head on over to Twitter. Give us a follow at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha. And uh, make sure that you are checking us out over on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Go like and subscribe. Tell that Zelda fan in your life where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. And until next week, everybody, we will see you then. Take care. <laughs>